0: Hello, this is Diksha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 20th of February. India reported close to 14,000 COVID 19 cases in the last 24 hours, and the total COVID tally stood at over 1.09 crore or 10.9 million. 101 deaths linked to the virus were reported in the same period, while the death toll crossed 1,56,000. Under the vaccination drive in the country, more than 1.07 crore health and frontline workers have received the vaccine so far. Pharmaceutical company Dr Reddy's Laboratories Limited yesterday announced that it has sought emergency use authorization for the Russian Sputnik V vaccine. If approved by the Drugs Controller General of India, it will be the third vaccine to get emergency use approval in the country. Dr. Reddy's last year had partnered with the Russian Direct Investment Fund to hold clinical trials of the Russia vaccine and for its distribution in India. In Maharashtra, meanwhile, the spike in daily cases continued as over 6,000 cases were recorded in the state in the last 24 hours. This was the highest daily figure in 83 days. Mumbai City reported the highest number of cases followed by neighbouring Thane, Navi Mumbai and Kalyan Dombivli areas. In the wake of the rise, Mumbai's civic body, the Brihan Mumbai Municipal Corporation, has imposed some new restrictions and guidelines. In some parts of the state, like Amravati and Akola, the authorities have announced weekend lockdowns. In the past few days, various political leaders and state ministers have tested positive for the infection in Maharashtra. The disengagement between Indian and Chinese troops on the north and south banks of Pangongso Lake in Ladakh concluded in the last 48 hours. The 10th round of commander-level talks between India and the neighbouring country were held this morning in Moldo on the Chinese side. Today's talks were expected to discuss pulling back respective troops from other friction areas like Gogra and Hot Springs. The talks between Indian and Chinese military had begun in June last year following clashes between soldiers in Ladakh's Galwan Valley. However, a breakthrough could only be sealed earlier this month after Union Defence Minister Rajnath Singh informed the parliament that the two countries would remove deployments on the So Lake in a phased manner. Meanwhile, eight months after the Sino-Indian skirmish at the Galwan Valley, the Chinese military admitted yesterday that four of its personnel, including a battalion commander, died in the clashes. It also said that another officer of the rank of a colonel was seriously injured in the skirmish. This is the first time China acknowledged that it had suffered casualties in the June 2020 clashes in Galwan Valley, where 20 Indian Army personnel, including a colonel, lost their lives. The Chinese People's Liberation Army, however, made no mention of the number of personnel injured in the clashes. Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg yesterday voiced support for the 21-year-old environment advocate Disha Ravi, who has been arrested by the Delhi police in connection with a toolkit document related to the farmer protests. Thunberg tweeted, and I quote, Freedom of speech and the right to peaceful protest and assembly are non negotiable human rights. These must be a fundamental part of any democracy. Hashtag stand with Disha Ravi, unquote. Thunberg had tagged the post by the Fridays for Future campaign, which Disha is associated with. Fridays for Future is the Indian chapter of the global movement that Thunberg began in 2018. Disha was arrested earlier this month from her Bengaluru home for editing and sharing a toolkit tweeted by Thunberg to mobilise support for the farmer protests. The Delhi police have alleged that the toolkit is evidence of a foreign conspiracy involving pro-Khalistan groups to tarnish India's image and cause violence in the country. Disha was spent to three-day judicial custody by a Delhi court yesterday. She was produced by the Delhi police in front of additional chief metropolitan magistrate Akash Jain as her five-day police custody ended yesterday. Disha, meanwhile, had moved the Delhi High Court seeking to restrain TV news channels such as India Today, News 18 and Times Now for publishing any alleged private chats between her and third parties. While hearing her petition yesterday, the court said, and I quote, Print and electronic media play a very important role in ensuring that there is no sensationalism and that they adhere to responsible journalism, unquote. It added that the recent media coverage in the context of Disha Ravi's arrest, quote unquote, definitely shows sensationalism. Justice Pratibha Singh, while hearing the petition, observed that leaked investigation material ought not to be disseminated so as to prejudice the investigation. Giving the news channels named in the plea a week to file their replies, she directed them to ensure that any news aired by them is from verified sources, though the sources need not be revealed. A Delhi sessions court, meanwhile, took up the matter of Disha's bail plea this afternoon. The arrest of activist Disha Ravi and issuing of warrants against activist Nikita Jacob and Shantanu Muluk in connection with the Toolkit case are attempts to curb dissenting voices. But they should not have come as a surprise, writes Kalpana Sharma in her latest opinion piece on Newslaundry.com. It is titled, Why Disha Ravi's Arrest Should Worry Independent Media Platforms. She writes that in his recent parliament address, Prime Minister Narendra Modi denounced Andolan Jeeves who spent their time protesting and agitating. Given this statement by the Prime Minister, it is not surprising that the Delhi police went ahead with their far-fetched conspiracy theory. In the course of the recent weeks, while the mainstream media chose to engage in what the Delhi High Court called sensationalist coverage, independent media platforms were striving to bring factual and in-depth reports. Moreover, one such independent media platform, NewsClick, was raided by the Enforcement Directorate for over 100 hours. At a time like this, Independent media houses need the support of their viewers, readers and listeners more than ever before. We at News Laundry run solely on the support of our subscribers. We don't take ads from the government or corporations so that we are free to pursue stories that matter without any agenda or vested interest dictating our coverage. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the perfect time to support us by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com. Subscriptions start at just 300 rupees per month. Pay to keep news free. A West Bengal court yesterday issued summons to Union Home Minister Amit Shah in connection with a defamation case filed against him by Trinamool Congress MP Abhishek Banerjee. The court asked Shah to appear before it either personally or through a lawyer at 10am on February 22nd. Abhishek Banerjee's lawyer Sanjay Basu claimed that Shah had made defamatory remarks against the Trinamool MP in August 2018 at a rally in Kolkata. In response to the summons, BJP spokesperson Shamik Bhattacharya said, and I quote, Our legal team will decide if Amit Shah will appear in front of the court. We will give answers in legal terms as well, unquote. He added that the ruling TMC was unable to fight BJP politically and hence was taking help from the courts. Another BJP spokesperson, Nalin Kohli, said that Trinamul Congress was attempting to prevent Shah and other BJP leaders from campaigning in the state. Meanwhile, a BJP youth leader was arrested last evening in Kolkata for allegedly carrying 100 grams of cocaine. Pamela Goswami, General Secretary of the BJP Yuva Mocha, was arrested for possession of cocaine worth a few lakhs. The narcotic substance was found in her purse and under the seat of the car she was in. Her friend and colleague of the Yuva Morcha, Prabir Kumar Day, was also arrested. While being arrested in the New Alipur area, Ms. Goswami alleged that she was being framed. BJP Shamik Bhattacharya said, and I quote, The law will take its own course, but was the cocaine put in her car by someone? The moral code of conduct has still not kicked in, and the police are under the state control. Anything could have happened. Unquote. The Uttar Pradesh police yesterday took into custody two people, including a minor, in connection with the deaths of two Dalit girls in Unnao district. The two accused were held on the day when the girls were cremated amid heavy security deployment. The incident took place in Babuhara village under Asoha police station in Unnao district on Wednesday. The police said that the two girls and their sister had gone to get fodder for their cattle while they were apparently poisoned. Their family members later found them lying unconscious in the field. Doctors declared the two girls dead when they were taken to a nearby hospital. Their sister is being treated in a Kanpur hospital and a health bulletin said that she was in a critical condition but was stable. The Inspector General of Lucknow said yesterday and I quote, Vinay Kumar alias Lambu and a teenager have been held in connection with the case. The matter is a fallout of a one-sided love affair. The accused gave some pesticide with water to the three girls, unquote. The deaths of the Dalit sisters in Unnao have been clouded in multiple versions of what actually transpired. Akansha Kumar, Jitendra Mishra Azad, and Anurag Singh spoke to the family members of the girls, examined medical records, and pieced together the police's version to get a sense of what happened. You can read their report on newslaundry.com. It is titled Poisoned or Tied Up Questions Hang Over the Death of Dalit Sisters in Unnao. Now for some international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 110.7 million people so far, while over 2.4 million people have succumbed to it. Global recoveries from the virus, meanwhile, surged to 62.3 million. Russia today approved a third COVID vaccine for domestic use. Prime Minister Mikhail announced the approval of the vaccine, despite large-scale clinical trials of the vaccine not having begun. The vaccine is labelled Covivac. Russia has already approved two COVID vaccines, including the Sputnik V shot. Both of these vaccines were also approved before large-scale clinical trials had started. New Zealand today officially rolled out the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine, while Australia locked plans to begin vaccinations on Monday. Yesterday, a small group of medical professionals were given the vaccine in Auckland ahead of the wider rollout. Border staff and isolation and quarantine personnel in the country would get the vaccines on a priority basis. Severe flooding in several areas of the Indonesian capital, Jakarta, forced more than a 1,000 people to leave their homes today. The country's meteorology agency warned that conditions were set to continue through the next week. More than 1,300 residents were evacuated from the southern and eastern areas of the city, which is home to 10 million people. This came after the floodwaters reached 1.8 metres high in some areas. The governor of Jakarta said that 200 neighbourhoods have been affected so far. The floods come at a time when Indonesia is grappling with the highest caseload and death toll from COVID 19 in Southeast Asia, besides an economic recession. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.